Welcome to Coffee Contrails. Today's story is written and narrated by Helene Simkin-Hara, and I will be reading The Lawn. Harold looked forward to his writing group every Wednesday night. The prompts that people took turns giving were usually enough to get him going on a fun ride. The prompt was sort of science fiction-like, which wasn't his forte, but well, why not? He figured he'd write about a couple of extraterrestrial beings wandering around in his neighbor's backyard. Boy, she'd shit her pants if that really happened. Harold chuckled to himself at the thought of it. He could just see her in that stupid powder blue bathrobe she wore when she went outside to get the morning paper. He decided to get up and look out the window so he could properly describe how they landed, what they looked like, what their spaceship looked like, how they moved around, when he noticed a huge shadow enveloping his yard. Four chartreuse figures bounded about near the maple tree and then appeared at his side, having somehow walked through the outside walls of his house. Their bodies seemed to coagulate into a form that had a head, arms, and legs, and then sort of melt into some kind of squishy ephemeral grayish tissue and back again. This was downright fascinating. Harold was thinking, oh boy, I'm going to have to remember this and write this down when all four started making sounds at him. They said all at once. Harold had just enough time to realize he wouldn't be able to decipher this language before he felt himself grabbed and yanked towards a wall. Ow! Shit! They're trying to pull me through my wall. That's not gonna happen. Apparently, the foursome realized this, changing strategies, and pulled and pushed him out the bay window, which they had smashed through. Ow! These creatures were making noises again. He hoped they were having second thoughts. Maybe they would be repelled by his profuse bleeding. His arms and head had been cut by the glass in the window. Wait a minute, he thought. Is this a dream? Then they yanked at him again and dragged him onto his lawn. Mrs. Fenderhoff came outside then. Of course, she was wearing that stupid bathrobe. But this time, Harold was very happy to see her. Oh God, she'll save me. She'll call the police. She loves to call the police. Or she'll call an ambulance. She loves to do that too. She'll do something. But for some unbelievable reason, she wasn't even aware that he was lying there bleeding to death on his lawn, nor that there were aliens responsible for this nightmare. They seemed to be arguing. Harold was aware that his head and his arm hurt a lot. Was he going to die out here on the lawn while Mrs. Fenderhoff was totally unaware of his suffering? Normally, she would be nosing around asking him all kinds of questions like, So, when are you going to find a woman to take care of you? Do you ever see your ex-wife, your kids? Do you even call them? She was so annoying. He purposefully avoided her whenever he saw her, 
but now, at this moment, he wanted her attention badly. Ask me anything, Mrs. Fenderhoff, anything. I'll even tell you my social security number. Just notice me, talk to me, please. The Chartreusians, that's what Harold decided to call them, seemed to have settled their argument as he felt lifted off the grass and into what he guessed was a spaceship. It smelled like French onion soup inside, his most hated food odor. The color of the walls was turquoise blue and pulsating as if he was inside a discotheque. Harold felt one of the Chartreusians tapping on his head and his arm. It was humming an annoying tune over and over. He stared at his arm as the wounds healed and the pain went magically away. And then he felt the ship ascend at a very high speed. Oh God, oh no! What'll I tell them at work tomorrow? What'll I tell my kids? Oh sure, his boss would say. Sure, you were abducted by aliens. Uh-huh. Hitting the bottle again, are you? His ex-wife would probably say, Good riddance. Don't ever come back. His kids, Dad, be real. Don't be an asshole. The Chartreusians were arguing again. They seemed very excited about something. Then he saw a door open, and to his great dismay, Mrs. Fenderhoff was being led in. The look on her face was unmistakably serene. I tried to tell you. I tried to get your attention for the past week, but as usual, you wouldn't give me the time of day. I had picked up a piece of paper that had fallen out of your recycling bin. No, I didn't go rummaging around in it, I swear. It was on the lawn. I couldn't help but read it. I mean, you know, I know you're a famous writer. Well, I don't know about the famous part, but I know you're a writer, so I picked it up and read it. I suppose I shouldn't have. I know that now. But when I read the part about one of your characters, whom I suppose is really you, saying, I wouldn't spend time with her if she was the only person on a spaceship and I was in there with her. I decided to take this matter into my own hands and prove you wrong. I wasn't too sure how to go about finding aliens, but I found a crystal ball at Goodwill and rubbed my hands all over it wishing to talk to aliens. On the third day, the ball lit up and these chartreuse-colored creatures appeared. Of course, I couldn't understand them, but I showed them a picture I'd taken of you, your house, and your lawn from my cell phone and made hand gestures and a few rather risque movements with my hips as well. They jumped up and down and seemed to sing a little song. The crystal ball flashed like a disco ball and went dark. That was the night before last. And now look, here you are at last. You're here with me and you can't escape. I don't know how long we'll be here, so you might as well resign yourself. I'm not sure what kind of food they have here. I think they have French onion soup. I can smell it. Yum! Harold pinched himself hard in his good arm. Don't, don't bother, Harold. This isn't, no, it isn't a nightmare. This is a dream. A dream come true. At least for me. I suppose you should be careful what you write. 
or at least rip it to shreds before putting it into your recycling. Mrs. Fenderhoff began a deep throaty laugh. Pretty soon, was heard throughout the ship. We were now surrounded by a gaggle of aliens. Who knows if gaggle is the correct terminology, but I'm sure you know what I mean. They were all in a circle around us with their big bulging eyes spinning in circles, very unnerving. Aren't they just adorable? Mrs. Fenderhoff gushed. I did not find them in the least adorable. Rather repulsive, if you ask me. And that high-pitched sound they were making in no way added to their appeal either. I felt like yelling, stop it! But unsure of the consequences, I refrained. And then, from the ceiling of the spaceship, a red pulsating light came beaming down, surrounding us in a circle. What the hell? I blurted out as Mrs. Fenderbaugh undid the tie on her shabby blue bathrobe, looked at me, winked, crossed her legs coquettishly, and ran her tongue over her lips. I watched them as she turned to the Chartreusians one by one and gave them a conspiratorial smile. You are fucking kidding me, I blurted out, teeth grinding in a panic. No, darling, she drawled. I'm going to give you something to write about. The red beam the Chartreusians ululated, and she grabbed me. If you like today's story, please like, share, and favorite on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find us at coffeeconchos.com. Thanks for listening.